You know, I've been waiting to get back on this subject. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I said we was going to start talking about the Holy Spirit on uh, Sunday mornings. I've been going through the book of Ephesians on Wednesday nights. and uh, But anyway, I want to get back on this because we want to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we had Ken Blunt last Sunday, so I didn't get to minister last Sunday. And, and then uh, the time before that, we talked about the, the Trinity. We talked about the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three being one. Not being one as just a one individual, but they, they're all joined together in total agreement. I mean, there's a, uh, we talked about uh, the different scriptures where uh, we saw Jesus, we saw God, we saw Jesus, and we saw the Holy Ghost all in the picture as talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit a whole lot. Jesus honored the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus said this. He said, there's, there's only one unforgivable sin, and that's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. That's the only sin that you can commit that will not be forgiven you, is blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. And in that point, when he said that, it was when they were saying he was casting out devils by the spirit of a devil. And they were basically saying he was doing it by a demonic spirit, and it, basically calling the Holy Spirit a demonic spirit, even though they did it ignorantly. Ignorantly, But Jesus said, listen, that's the only unpardonable sin for you to literally call... A, 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 basically, if you're talking about blasphemy, it says to speak evil of. If you look up the word, it says to speak evil of. And I'm telling you, I've seen people speak all kinds of stuff. Have you ever heard somebody say tongues is of the devil? They better watch out very carefully about that. Because I'm telling you something, it's very important that we honor and respect the Holy Spirit because He's the one that's here right now. I said, He's the one that's here right now. And I want to talk about that this morning. In John chapter 7, if you'll open your Bibles to St. John chapter 7, praise the Lord. I'm telling you, God is a good God. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 37, it says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit or the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So he said, If you're thirsty... If you'll come to me and drink, then there's going to be something happen on the inside of you. That's basically what he said. If you're thirsty, if you come to me to drink, there's something going to happen on the inside of you and the Spirit of God. Listen, it's going to be like a river on the inside of you as the Scripture said. You know, actually, he talked about the references he made to that was in Isaiah. And it was talking about Isaiah. Actually, there's four different references to it. And I want to read those scriptures real quick. I'm, I'm not reading the, the full scriptures on all of them, but I'm just reading the part that connects to this. In Isaiah 12, 3, it says, Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Therefore, with joy, you'll draw wells from the sal- water, the water from the wells of salvation. So he was, that was a connection to that spirit, to that scripture. And I'm telling you, there ought to be rivers of joy flowing out of you. Christians ought to be the most joyful people in the world. Amen. Huh? Everybody shout, I got some joy. Listen to me. He, listen, Jesus did not say joy would be a stagnant pond inside of you. He said it would be rivers flowing out of you. Huh? 
I'm telling you, we need to realize there's a force on the inside of us. He said it's going to be rivers on the inside of us. Isaiah 43, 20 says, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my, pe- to my people, my chosen. And that's a reference to this scripture or this scripture's reference to that. Isaiah 44, 3 says, for I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offspring. And that's connected to that. Isaiah 55, 1 says, hold, ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. I'm telling you, God wants some things to start running out of us. We need to realize that the Holy Spirit is real. And when he said that, he said, this is going to be in direct, uh, 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 directly in contact with the Holy Ghost and what the Holy Ghost is going to do in you. Because notice what it says. He said, as the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Where's your heart? He's not talking about the pump. He's not talking about the heart that boom, 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 pumps that blood all through your system. He's talking about the real you, the part of you, the center of you, the life of you. Listen, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a physical body. What we're seeing in here today is nothing but a house, a tent, or a container. That's all we have right here. When I look at you, you're a container. You're a house, you're a tent, according to what Paul says. The thing about it is, we have, uh, God wanted to bring some life back into us that had departed from man. So he said it's talked about the Holy Spirit that would be, uh, that we, the, that those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And we understand until Jesus died, nobody was born again. And so we look at the scriptures today and, and we read these, but here's what I want us to see today. I want us to see the fact that we are the, the vessels in which God lives in, which the Holy Ghost lives in. We are containers. Say it with me. I'm a container. Praise God. You wonder, how can such a small vessel contain such an awesome God? Well, he just has, he just does it. Some, there's some things our mind tries to figure out, and if we're not careful, we'll, we'll try to figure out things. I found this out. Sometimes you try to figure things out to the point of unbelief. Did you hear me? Because I just can't hardly believe that. That's, that's just too, too good to be true. Honey, listen to me. It's good and it is true. I got a book by, uh, by, uh, uh, Greg Fritz. How many remember Greg Fritz when he came and preached? And it's, it's called Good News. And I already give a plug to that. I already go buy some. He said, the good news, the good news is so good, the bad news don't matter. And that's the title of that book. And I've been reading it and I said, oh my God, that's good. I said, how many knows we need to do some reading? We do need to be careful what we read too. Take heed what you hear and how you hear it. In John 14, this is, a, this is something we preach so many times, read so many times, but for the sake of what I'm, where I'm going this morning, we want to we read it. John, St. John 14, 14, 15. Junior, you working that? Put it, punch it, punch it up in the Amplified. How many believes the Word? How many loves the Word? Hallelujah. He said, hunger and thirst after righteousness, you're going to be filled. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Well, what we're reading proceeded from the mouth of God. It was spoken in order for it to be written, and it was written in order for it to be spoken. So we have the written word of God. All scriptures given by inspiration of God. 
in verse 14, or, or verse, it is 14, let's see, 15. Let's go start in 15. Jesus said this, Amplified, If you really love me, you will keep or obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another comforter. He will give you another comforter, one besides me, but just like me. He will give you another comforter. And this is what it says. These are some of the things the Holy Ghost is, uh, what He's called is a counselor. And we've talked about this so many times. You've got to understand all, every aspect of who the Holy Spirit is, is a part of His character, and He puts that in you. And I just got ahead of myself. He said He's a comforter. How many ever needs comfort? Anybody ever needed somebody to comfort them? I always tell people when I, I just pray for the comforter to show up and comfort their hearts. And, and, uh, I was just with, uh, Mandy and Keith yesterday and, and, uh, I was, uh, talking to them and I, I prayed before I left. I said, God, I pray you're the God of all comfort. You can comfort people's hearts when nobody else can. Sometimes we don't have the words to say, but the Holy Ghost always has the right words to say. Amen. He says, He's a comforter, a counselor. Anybody ever needed a counselor? I just need somebody to talk to. I wish I, wish I could find somebody that could understand me. Huh? Have you ever, have you ever been there? I have. And I found out this. Listen, I have a counselor living on the inside of me. He's a counselor. He can counsel me. Amen. And it goes on to say, he's a helper. Have you ever needed any help? You need help? We all need help. We need help. Every day we need help. We can't ever walk out and say, well, I'm, I'm going to do this on my own. Honey, you're in trouble if you ever decide you can do this on your own. There's, you don't need to be no lone ranger. Huh? You need somebody, and I tell you what, we have somebody uh, in this container of ours that is a helper. He's an intercessor. You know what an intercessor is? Someone who stands in the gap for you. Someone who prays for someone else. We have an intercessor on the inside of us, and listen to me, that intercessor will enable us or empower us to intercede for others, but he's at the same time interceding for us. Amen? And it says he's an advocate. That's like a lawyer. And he's a good one. He's never lost a case. And don't look at me and say you differ with that opinion. Because you'll have to look at him when you get to heaven and say, well, I'll tell you what, I don't think he was all that cracked up to be. Listen to me. you got an advocate on the inside of you. Then he says you got a strengthener. A strengthener. Anybody ever needed some strength? That's why he said, let the weak say I'm... Let the weak say I'm... Well, we're strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Amen. And then it says he's a standby. He's always there. I said he's always there. He's a standby. You know, I remember when I worked offshore, we, uh, we, uh, I worked offshore for several years and we was, was out in the Gulf of Mexico and all such as that and Florida and all the different places was out working. And here's one thing we always had around our rig was a standby boat. It was called a standby boat. It was always right off of the rig a little bit. So if anything ever happened, they was there to pick us up. They were there to take us off of the rig if it was to blow, blew out or whatever happened. That, that standby boat was there to come to our aid. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost has comes to our aid. When we need help, He comes to our aid. He's always on standby 24-7. He's ne- Listen, He neither sleeps nor slumbers. You say, well, I don't want to wake Him up. You don't have to worry about waking Him up. He's not asleep. Well, I don't want to bother Him. Honey, listen to me. People always say, well, I didn't really want to bother God. I didn't want to do that. I, I said, listen to me. God does not ever consider our, our needs or, or our help, needing help a bother to Him. Amen. 
I'm telling you what, I go, I go, I go for him at everything. It don't matter what it is, I go for him. God, I need some help here. I need, I need you. And he, he, he comes to our assistance. Hallelujah. That ought to be good news. He said, strengthen and stand by that he may remain with you forever. How long is he going to be with us? How long? Can you put a time on it? Can you put a date on it? Can you put a year on it? You can't put a year on it. Why? Because forever is forever. Amen. Everybody shout forever is forever. That even makes sense and grows back. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, welcome, or take to its heart because it does not see him or know and recognize him. But listen to what he told his disciples. But you know and recognize him for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. And he will be in you. When does Jesus, when does the Holy Ghost indwell you? When does the Holy Ghost come into your life? When does he come? On the day that you say, Jesus, I believe that you died and you rose again. And I confess with my mouth and I believe in your heart that you died and rose again. And with my mouth, confession is made unto righteousness. And with my heart, uh, or with my heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with my mouth, confession is made unto salvation. When you did that, guess what? Somebody moved into your house. Somebody came in to bring rivers to flow out of you. He brought water into your life. He brought refreshment into your life. He brought a joy into your life. He brought a peace into your life. He brought something into you that would change you and enable you and empower you to live a successful life on planet earth. Listen to me. God cares about you. He says, I'll not leave you orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, helpless. I will come back to you. So he is sitting here saying, listen, I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to give you another comforter and counselor and all these things, and he's going to come and move into you. You can't ever go around. You can, I guess you could if you wanted to, and go around and say, well, I'm, I just feel so alone. Well, listen to him, you're not. The Bible says, even if your mother and father forsakes you, he said, I won't. Huh? No matter what happens, he said, I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to stick with you. Huh? Sometimes we may grieve him by the things we do and the things we say because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 that we can do that. We can grieve the Holy Spirit or sadden the Holy Spirit. Of course, we know when we do that because it gives us a sick feeling. You know that? And so the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He comes into our life. But I tell you what, here's what the Holy Ghost, I, I like this, Cedric. The Holy Ghost will come into your life and he'll move some fern things out so he can bring some things in. I think that's where he has the biggest problem. I, I don't say, I don't mean that in a, in a, a hard way for God because nothing's too hard for God. But the thing about it is the God, the Holy Ghost moves in and he, he might not like your couch. So he want to move that couch out. We could use it as an attitude or something that don't really bring glory to the kingdom of God. And he wants to move it out. But that's that's we're comfortable with that chair. We like that seat. I like that couch. I want that couch. I'm going to hang on to that couch. I'm going to sleep on that couch. I'm going to lay on that couch so you can't get it out. But he said, no, no, no. If you saw what I wanted to bring in its place, you'd be willing to haul it out yourself. But the thing about the Holy Ghost, he just can't he just can't make you give anything up. I'll put it this way. He won't make you give anything up. 
It's kind of like people always wonder, why would, did God put that tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden to start with? Man, I used to wonder that till I started reading the Word and finding out. Finding out. Huh? Why did He put it there? Why? Because He wants man to serve Him because He wants to serve Him. Huh? I mean, if you had no choice but to serve, you know, for, for, first of all, yeah, I think uh, just my personal preferences, it would be nice if we had no choice. Man, I, 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 I just serve God. Why? Because I ain't got no choice. Huh? Just like me and Jimmy Penny decided to wear these nice shirts today. Here to be up here with me preaching. And you know, when I walked in and saw that, I thought, looky there, somebody's in the Holy Ghost today. Somebody's in the Spirit of God today. I didn't walk in and say, oh my God, I don't need another shirt. I can't wear the same, can't wear the same shirt Jimmy Penny wore. Good Lord, have mercy on my soul. No, I always look at it like that. He's got good taste just like his pastor. Huh? Because I found this out, when you put on the Lord Jesus Christ, it's seen. And when you're born again, things that's working on the inside of us is visible to people that's around us or sees us. That's why he said, out of your belly will flow. There's something, there's got to be a flow. There's something out of your spirit. Listen, not out of your mind, not out of your flesh, but out of your heart, out of your belly, out of your spirit. There's going to be some things flowing out of you. Why? Because when something is flowing, it can never be stagnant. God does not want a bunch of stagnant Christians. He wants people that's full of zeal and full of power and full of anointing and full of peace and full of joy and full of miracle working power and death, 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 devil stomping ability. Huh? Whoo, I'm glad he's in me. Are you glad he's in you? Let's go over to uh, John 16. I tell you what, if we haven't got these scriptures down right, so I'm a, because I, pre, I talk about them all the time. Verse 5, Amplified. But now I'm going to him who sent me, yet none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts, taking complete possession of them. Sorrow has taken com- possession of your hearts. However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth uh, when I say it is profitable. I like this. Profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. It's to your advantage that I'm going away. How many knows Jesus left for our advantage? For their advantage. The Holy Spirit is an advantage to us. For you, uh, advantageous for you that I go away because if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. And when he comes, he will convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it about sin and about righteousness, uprightness of heart and right standing with God and about judgment, about sin because they do not believe in me, trust in, rely on and adhere to me, about righteousness, uprightness of heart and right standing with God because I go to my Father and you will see me no more, about judgment because the ruler, evil, genius, prince of this world, Satan, is judged and condemned and sentenced already is passed upon him. 
I have still many things to say to you, but you're not able to bear them or to take them upon you or to grasp them now. Now listen to what he said. But when he, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, the truth-giving Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth, the whole full truth, for he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell you whatever you he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare it to you, the things that are to come and what will happen in the future. So he, listen, God says there's a lot of things you can't understand without him. Some, so listen, if you are born again, listen to me, and the Holy Spirit abides in you, we ought to be able to understand the Bible. Now, we may not get a grasp on all of it right at first, but the more we read it and the more we study it and the more we hear it, the more understanding we get. Why? Because the Holy Ghost will begin to impart that wisdom and knowledge into our lives and He will help us. So I need the Holy Ghost just to understand the Word of God. You need the Holy Spirit to understand the Word of God. Has anybody ever had somebody tell them, I just don't understand the Bible, so I don't read it? I've had people tell me that. I don't understand it, so I just don't read it. Listen to me, how are you ever going to get an understanding of something that you don't envelop yourself into or that you don't at least read to try to find out about it? Huh? You know, when I first started reading the Word of God, even after I was born again, the, the, the day I was born again, I went and opened the Bible. And man, it was all Greek to me. And I'm telling you, I didn't understand a whole lot of it, but I just kept reading it over and over and over. And every time I read it, God would impart some truth into my life. And it would become a revelation to me in certain areas. And I'm telling you, it began to change my life, change my perspective, change my attitude on a lot of things. Why? Because there was a helper on the inside of me. There's a There was a revealer on the inside of me called the Holy Spirit. And when he came in at the new birth, that was when I was born again. And he come in to show me some things. And to help me to understand the Word of God. God wants you to understand the Bible. Amen? He will honor and glorify me because He will take, verse 14, take a receive, draw upon what is mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. He will take what's mine, Jesus said, and He will reveal it to you. He will transmit it into you. He will give it to you where you can hear it and understand it. Everything that the Father has is mine. That is what I meant when I said that He, the Spirit, will take the things that are mine and will, re- will reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit it to you. Have you ever thought about just sitting? I know you have here at this church. I know this body has. Have you ever thought when you read the Bible, sit down and say, Holy Spirit, I need your help in this. I need you to reveal to me what I need to know in this reading. I need to, I need to understand some. See, sometimes we think the more we read, the better we are. Now listen to me. Don't take this the wrong way. But I tell you what, if we will take just, I like what Keith Moore always does. He said, read your chapter. Read your chapter. Do you have a chapter? Some people said, well, I'm going to try to read the book of John all in one setting. Why don't you just try reading a chapter and get something out of it? Just read that chapter and meditate on those things and let God reveal to you. See, we, we think much is better, but listen to me, much is better if you're understanding, but much is not better if you understand none of it. Huh? 
What did Jesus say? He said people think, uh, the Pharisees said they think they're heard for their many words. I'm telling just because we talk a lot don't mean we're going to get a lot. It's, the, it's the, the power and the strength and the believing of what we declare and say. And so he said, he's going to move on the inside of you. And I kind of wrote this down. We need to understand the value Jesus put on the Holy Spirit. We need to understand the value that Jesus put on the Holy Spirit. He is sent here to communicate with us and fellowship with us. Our understanding is very limited without the Holy Spirit. Our understanding is very limited without the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need the Spirit of God. I want to run real quick, if you will, all the way back to Genesis. All the way back to Genesis. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 7. Now, we're studying, we're going to study, do a lot of study on the Holy Spirit. It's going to be a very good study, so we need to hear it. And, uh, in verse 7 of Genesis 2 says this, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. He made man from the dust of the ground. You people say, well, that's why people like to play in the dirt. Well, maybe or maybe not. But the thing about it is, he formed man. Kind of like if you was out there making mud pies or forming little mud babies or stuff like that. But all of a sudden, it, was, it wasn't nothing but a pile of dirt until... Until the Bible says God breathed, blew into man. And the Bible says he breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. He breathed into man. Let me tell you something. If you go all the way back to Genesis at the creation of man and such as that, you will find out that when God made man and he put his life in him, that was eternal life. That was to live forever in the Garden of Eden. To live forever. Never was death ever in the mind. God never uh, had death. I don't believe he had death in mind when he made man. He had nothing but life in mind when he made Man. And so all of a sudden that, that, that dirt, that pile of dirt that was formed in the God's image stood up and all of a sudden it had life in him. And when Satan deceived man and, and Adam committed high treason, that life left man. That life left man. Man died spiritually the moment that he ate that apple or that fruit or whatever it was. I don't know that it was an apple or not, but I'm telling some, whatever that fruit was, when they ate it, they died spiritually. They were separated from God. Amen? Y'all, y'all agree, don't you? So that's why man got in the mess. That's why sickness came in, poverty came in, lack came in, the curse came in. All those things came in because of that decision that Adam and Eve made at that tree. God already warned them. Don't, uh, you have authority over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That was included in Satan taking on the form of a serpent and coming, uh, to that tree. He said, you have authority over it. You are to take that authority. You are to run him out of the garden because I'm telling you, I want you to guard and keep the garden. Guard and keep the garden. Guard and keep the garden. But they did not, uh, take their authority and take their dominion. So they failed. And then that death, that, that, that death went from Adam all the way down to 2019, 2019, all the way. All died in Adam. But the Bible says all live in Christ. He's the second Adam. Now, 
God breathed life into man. Look in St. John. St. John. Verse 20. Chapter 20, I mean. Verse 22. This is Jesus. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. What was Jesus doing? Breathing life back into man. I said he was breathing life back into man. Just like God breathed life into man, Jesus breathed upon them, He breathed on them, blew on them, and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus breathed on them, when just as God breathed on man, they became alive again. Y'all hearing me? When the Holy Spirit comes in you, you become alive again. Until that point, you are dead. There's a lot of dead men walking. There's a lot of dead women walking. There's a lot of people lost and undone without God, without Christ. They don't know Him. They have no earthly idea that to get to heaven or to have a better life, they're going to have to have the Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of them to understand the Word of God, to be led, God directed. You've got to have the Holy Spirit. He is a God inside. He moves in to better your life. And that's just in the new birth. That's just when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that He comes into your life. That's when the new birth, when you're born again, you have someone called the Holy Ghost that comes inside of you and dwells with you. And Jesus said, He will be with you forever. He will be with you for how long? Forever. So I thank God He's with me forever. Hallelujah. I mean, those forever is a long time. We need to know that our bodies is the container of the house of the tent or temple that the Holy Spirit lives in. You never go anywhere without Him, or you shouldn't. You can't. Huh? You say, well, I think I'll just leave Holy Ghost home today. No, He ain't going to stay at home. He's going right where you go. Every step you make, He makes. Huh? Every word you say, He hears. Everything you do, He's there. Huh? Let's go to Romans 8. Hallelujah. I hope this is all right for you. Man, we need to, we need to, we need to be constantly aware of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Constantly aware that He's with me everywhere I go. Glory to God. Verse 11 says this in Romans 8 says, but if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. The Spirit of God dwells in you. I'm telling you, the same Spirit that raised Jesus is on the inside of you, and He's going to give life to your mortal bodies. Listen, without without the, the Spirit of life, you really don't have life. But He moves into your body, and He'll also quicken your mortal bodies. He'll give life to your mortal bodies. Thank God. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says this, Do you not know that you're that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in who? In you. 
Shout, I'm a temple. Come on, act like you mean it. I'm a temple. Glory to God of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. Come on, I'm trying to wrap this thing up right now. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. He says it again. I mean, second. Well, yes, 1 Corinthians. He said, he says this several times in the book of Corinthians. In verse 19 says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you're not your own? You were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. What's God's? Your spirit. And your body are God's, the Bible says. Look at 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 6, 16. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. I will walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. I will dwell in you. Second Timothy 1.14 says, That good thing which was committed to you keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Keep by that Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Where does He dwell? First John 2. First John 2. We've got to know this. This needs to be a reality to us. It needs to be real to us. I think that's why the Holy Ghost is trying to get us aware of His indwelling presence at all times, everywhere we go, that He's with us. And uh, let's see, what? let's see. I want to switch over a translation real quick. 1 John 2, 26. In the New Living Translation, Junior. John says, I'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit and He lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what He teaches is true. It's not a lie. So just as He has taught, you remain in fellowship with Him. So He said, I'm going to give you an anointing. I'm going to put somebody on the inside of you that will teach you. And He was talking about people being deceived. He was talking about teachers coming out and deceiving people. He said, there's no reason for you to be deceived because you have the truth on the inside of you. So don't be deceived. He said, you don't, when He said you don't need anybody to teach you, you can say, well, that eliminates church and everything else. That's not what He's saying. He's just saying this. You are to know the truth. When a lie is told, you are to know it's a lie. And when it's not the truth, you are to know it's not the truth because you have the truth on the inside of you. Have you ever heard somebody say something you immediately said, that's not the truth? Anybody ever, y'all see people shaking their head and you just knew inside of you that was not the truth. Well, who revealed that to you? The Holy Ghost, the Spirit of truth, because He's inside of us. And that's why I say all the time, I'll not be deceived. I will not be deceived. Say it with me. I will not be deceived. 
Because the Bible says before Jesus comes back, there's going to be great deception to the point that it will even cause even the very elect to be deceived if they're not careful. Well, I'm telling you right now, there's no reason for anybody at Word of Life Family Worship Center to be deceived because we have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. We have the truth on the inside of us and we will not be deceived. Say it with me. I'll not be deceived. Look at 1 John 4, 4. 1 John 4, 4. It says, you are of God. Everybody shout, I am of God. He says, you are of God, little children, and ever overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You are of God, little children, and greater is he that's who? Where? Where is he? In you than he that's in the world. Listen to me, the greater one lives on the inside of you. There's a, there's a power on the inside of you that is second to none. I'm telling you, it's the power of the Holy Spirit and He wants some things to flow out of you. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. I'm telling you, God wants to move in our lives and He wants our lives to be great. Hallelujah. So at the new birth, the Holy Spirit comes into you, into your life. And so, We are being born again. We have our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. One day we'll go to heaven. Now the Holy Spirit has so many, so many things that He is and He does. It's, and, and there's no way, even me, there's no way we can get to all of it, but we're going to get to a lot of it. A lot of it. There's gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's, there's, there, there's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. There's, uh, you know, the, the, all the things that God has provided. And we're going to start looking into those things. And we're going to start teaching on those things. And we're going to start experiencing some changes in our life that's for the better for our lives. Amen? And so uh, next week, and I want you to come because we're going to talk about tongues. Everybody shout tongues. Glory to God. And I'm telling you, that's a very controversial subject in many circles. But I got news for you. We're going to give you word and scripture on everything that we say. And I'm going to tell you right now, that is one of the most powerful. Now, listen to me. We're born again. If you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit. So if somebody says, well, you're not born again unless you speak in tongues. Well, that's not what it says. But the thing about it is you can be born again and have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you but not be empowered from on high and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's why it calls it two different, two different things. And have the, have been empowered, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So here's what we're going to talk about next Sunday is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Don't stay home. I don't care if you speak in tongues or not. Don't stay home. You come because we're going to find out the benefits of it and all such as that. Because I'm telling you, if you, if you just find out the benefits of praying in tongues, you would never shut your mouth. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't uh, leave till you had it. Amen. Praise God. So that's next week. Glory to God. What he said, well, taste and see that God's good. We're going to taste and see that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is good. Amen. Praise God. Father, we love you. We thank you for the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. And we thank you that you watch over your word to perform it in our lives. Father, I pray for all those that are born again. God, that you'll just strengthen us and, and God, that out of our hearts, out of our bellies will flow the rivers of living water, that the truth will flow out of us, the, the joy, the, the peace, the, 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 the blessings of God will just flow out of our lives. God, as a river, 
God, we don't want to be a stagnant pond. We want to be a flowing river wherever we go. So, God, I pray that those rivers will be stirred up. God, that the power of the Holy Spirit, you said you pour the love of God into us, God. And that pouring of the love inside of us will create such a, a, a volume of the Holy Spirit that it has no nothing else to do but to flow out. So, God, I think that there's an outflow in our lives, that there's an outflow flowing from us. And, God, everywhere we go, people know the power of the Holy Spirit is in our lives. God, I thank you that as we put on Christ Jesus, you are visible to everybody around. We love you today and we appreciate you so much for your goodness and your mercy and all that you're doing in our lives. God, I thank you for everyone that came to church this morning. I pray that you just pour your spirit on them in a special way.